0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,534, recorded June 5th, 2000.
1: That's one of those good old stories that one supposedly, Zan Sage, came to see another one. When he walked in, he held up his fan. Another guy held up a hammer. The first guy left, and he came back the next day and he said... What was the meaning of that yesterday that we went through?
0: <laughs>
1: Another guy laid down and took a nap. And the first guy smiled and left. And the guy, and the guy telling the story then says, what do you make of that? So they're coming in and they're going out. That's all we do. Come in and go out. And only the enlightened know what's going on. But if you ask them, they'd say, well, you come in, you go out. And you'd think, well, hell, I know that. We actually own? Yes. What's the problem? It's a computer. See? I knew if I kept asking, they'd give in. Somebody finally answered. <laughs> You're not enlightened. Yes, I am. <laughs> you were close. I was waiting for you to go, yes, I am. I'm just faking. I'm not. I knew I wasn't supposed to answer, but I did. Are we on? What's the problem?
0: <laughs>
1: Page 11 Which is actually in the middle Because there are 22 pages and we're starting in the middle But now I don't know whether they go from 11 to 12 Or from 11 to 10 <clears throat> At one school was posted the stages You might expect to go through Quote At first you are confused and fidgety. Then you become less confused and less fidgety. Then you have your enlightenment, and generally speaking are no longer confused and are much less fidgety. To the point of calm even. But if you press on past this stage and seek enlightenment about the nature of enlightenment, there is the possibility of becoming fidgety all over again. It's hard to explain the no-grills zone. you just have to see for yourself. Are we on? Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> In comparing the two possibilities of either, quote, knowing self or not knowing self, the benefit of the latter is that you never realize how stupid you've been up till now. <laughs> see, that's something that's completely underrated, if at all, is being stupid. Sounds better to say being ignorant of, to make that a term. That is grossly underrated, because that's the problem. Everybody on the planet knows a little bit, they know just a little bit, including us, people that get involved with this, you know just enough to make you fidgety and confused, except... The truth is, that should say, in the belief that you're confused. Which is the same thing as being confused, but it is it is a belief. Because it's not possible to be confused. The only way you could be confused is if you're here in this universe, and you actually were intended to be in another one, if there is one. <laughs> that is the only way a man could be confused. I wish I could start, I guess I could, making my sermons, or whatever these are, short like that one so that's the kind I do to me and that lasts me all day It's not possible to be confused and it's not and if you don't understand that it just shows that you're confused it just shows you're asleep that's all being asleep is is being mistakenly under the assumption that you're confused
0: <laughs>
1: it's true which is a variation from Friday for those of you that seem to like it that what is man? Especially from our view. It's a robot that has been programmed to believe that it's otherwise. What can you do with that? If you had a robot, if we had something, as they used to have in the science fiction movies, but that appeared to be, was intended to be, an, not just a physically made robot of resembling man, but supposedly had something resembling artificial intelligence so it could talk and it gave some appearance of being conscious that had been programmed to such a degree that you, it wasn't predictable what it would, res, how it would respond even to the same question the same comment so it gave some appearance and what if you actually tried to deal with it and it had been programmed to believe that it was not a robot to believe otherwise and that you tried to tell it you understand that you're totally programmed and say no I'm not you can take it from there now substitute for the word robot programmed to believe otherwise substitute some other I don't know just some word some some other word Does anything come to mind Of course it's according to your programming page 13 or 10 I'm not sure answer this what is the difference in these two pleasures Now, here's one I wrote for you guys. I'd forgotten about it, and it finally popped back in my head. I've been wanting to bring this one up a long time ago, and for some reason put it off. What's the difference in these two possibilities, these two pleasures? First, the pleasure a composer experiences when he completes a beautiful work, piece of music. What's the difference between that and the pleasure a musician later experiences when he learns to play the word? Even those of you who are not musicians, surely, can you plug in your own experience? What is the difference here, and how might the question be applicable in a man's search to awaken and overcome somehow some aspect of his own nature? Or, how might this apply to reading someone else's song about how to awaken compared to you composing your own? And, of course, being able to perform it gracefully. To see this matter through to your personal satisfaction, three things are necessary. To see this matter of trying to get to the bottom of things, that is. There are three things that are necessary. Belief suspicion and determination you must first have a solid belief that the goal is possible and second you need a suspicion that the ones before us who've written about it didn't know what the hell they were talking about and third you must have the determination to get to the bottom of it for yourself gotta ask you again do any of you during a very clear and opaque moment in your head Do you realize that anyone who's ever talked about to any serious, substantial degree about what all this is about didn't know what they were talking about? Of course, now I'm hard-pressed right quick to come out in some way that I'm an exception, that these conditions are exceptional. I'm just sure they are. And I don't mean that to brag on me, but I am just sure that what I'm doing right now, Aren't you? Is some way somehow exempt from a very strict reading of what I just said. But yet it's not. There is no exception to it. That's what I like about showing up here. (laughs) Even if I felt dazed and distracted tending to sleep during the day at least on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I can think, well, that's nothing. I got 8.15 to look forward to. Does anyone care to analyze that? Don't jump to concussions. <laughs> the headline, The Matter of Captivity, fully explained. As soon as you agree with any idea, you have been bound hand and foot. You see what I mean? Ah. Think you're too smart for that, eh? Right? So you're too smart to agree to that one too. So all you gotta do is just keep on and sooner or later you'll step into it. Like I guess you wish I'd just quit asking since you're hip to what I was trying to do. I should probably just move on, right? thing I just made up, I just read, that it's, if you agree with any idea, you have been captured without a rope. As far as words go, just the opposite of that is true. Except you got to understand what the complete opposite of that is. If you can agree with every idea you ever hear, you're free. That's right, think about it. Like, do I agree with that?
0: <laughs> <Do> I, <laughs>
1: Just think about six billion people on this planet right now believe they're free, have free will, free minds, and a handful of us, just a scarce handful, sitting here, and we know better. And what good it does? All you can do is laugh at it. Even those of you who don't really know better, you just assume that I must know better. You take my word for it, which is a safe thing to do, as long as you don't get caught up. But what, what good does it do you? We can sit here amongst ourselves and giggle about it but see if you're a robot programmed to believe otherwise part of your programming could be that anytime the subject is brought up giggle it could even be giggle knowingly like, uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm hip to that grab the robot so you're not hip to that you idiot you're programmed to do, be that way And then maybe if it could fake facial expressions, it could give a kind of knowing semi-smirk. Like 19th century European novelists used to refer to as a man, they would say that would give a look as though he were secretly laughing at a joke that only he was aware of. Who would like to see a robot stand in your face and smirk when you told it? You know, it said something that sounded to be intelligent or it was just enigmatic enough that it struck you that it might be profound. You thought, wait a minute. They already told me about you. You're the one that's programmed to believe that that was the heart, the, the thrust of your programming was to make you believe totally otherwise. That is, that you're not programmed. And now I see that they've done it so good. When I accused you of it just then, you said the robot, I saw that. You kind of smirked and cut your eyes. You're trying to make me think that you're hip to what I'm saying, that you're aware of that. And that's not true. But since you know it's not true, you don't even have to vigorously defend it. Or at least vociferously offend it. And the robot again just kind of smirks and looks off. And by now you're getting hot. Ain't no goddamn piece of sheep metal and nuts and bolts gonna sit there and tell me that it can think and it has free will. I know better. A friend of mine programmed you and he told me what he did. Then maybe it looks off and just begins maybe to softly hum. <laughs> I'd say it'd end up being a variation of the tar baby. And save you hitting it and getting stuck. In this case you'd hit it until you had broken some of your knuckles and fingers and were <clears throat> I have to ask again: Can you apply that sans the robot? Is there some way that all of that scene will play out, even if we had no robot standing before us? Remember anything you ever hear that sounds like it's good for awakening? No matter if it's involved with Buddha and five thousand people, or one guy and a robot, or a guy and two dogs, and a nun. If whatever the story was for a man and 3,000 people and four fishes, whatever the story was and you thought that is good for awakening, that's, there's a lesson there. If you can't take that story and sit alone in a room and the whole thing make perfect sense, then you didn't get anything. You didn't get any use out of it. If you've got to have two dogs and nine or 5,000 people or Buddha or the robot there to make this thing play out, Page 16 or (laughs) 8. Then someone said, Oh, this will follow up to the other one. To remind you and me. As soon as you agree with any idea, you have been bound hand and foot. And then someone said, in that case, if you disagree with all ideas you hear, then you will never be bound and captured. Am I not correct? He asked. And I say, I guess we'll have to agree with him. What do you say? <laughs> One provisional approach is to not consider that you struggle against all thought, but only against emotional thoughts, those having to do with what seems to be your personal preferences. <laughs> what a joke you don't find it funny after the last week, I say, and I'm not the first one to have said things like this, as you should know, but it's not really a matter of struggling against all thought. All we should be struggling against is emotional thought. Thought that has preferences, opinions, that picks and chooses what it believes, that it's emotional thought. That's all we need to be struggling against. And then in parentheses, if you didn't hear me, I said, what a joke. I'm the one who just said that. Now I had to add, what a joke. Now that's what we'll do. We've narrowed it down now. We don't have to consider that all thought, even all this random mechanical thought, we don't have to consider that it's all to be opposed, if not suppressed, but at least to be opposed, we can narrow it down. We can refine our sense of the enemy. It's emotional thought. The rest of it we can deal with. It was just emotional thought. Now, see, only a robot would be programmed to say something like that and believe it. I have got to stop this emotional thinking. You think, wait a minute, I'm a robot and I've been programmed. But then the program says, no, you hadn't. So that's why you don't need you and a robot. The program says, you had not been programmed. If you had been programmed, you couldn't think of the possibility that you're not programmed. You go, well, you got me there. Page 16. And a man declared, words are nothing but words. To which a mystic countered, except when a mystic says them. Which startled a man into momentary silence. Then he asked the mystic, is that true? The mystic replied, would I speak with you on such an important matter and lie to you? (laughs) I reckon that shut him up. Would I stand right here and lie to you about a matter like that? (laughs) Take a quiz. If you hear man A insult man B, what do you think occurred? That man A maliciously and purposely insulted man B? Or that man B did something that provoked man A to insult him. Or, why didn't you consider that it was your own thinking that caused it all? Okay. I was prepared for this. Here's the way it goes. I knew it wouldn't read right. I'm not insulting your intelligence. See, this is supposed to be a quiz. I'm asking you, I want you to consider this. It has truly... deep implications. Now picture this. We got man A and man B, okay? Man A says something that man B finds very insulting. You know, let's be known, you know, you don't have to talk to me that way. That's insulting. Okay, that's the scene. Now my question is, did man A purposefully, willfully insult knowingly insult man B. Just you know, he decided, I, I will insult him. So he maliciously, with no grounds, he insulted man B. Or, I ask you to picture it now, it was you. Or, did man B do something, actually did something to provoke this re- this insulting remark? Now, which, which is it? Well, you pictured it. But then I ask the third possibility. How come you didn't consider that your mind caused it? You're the one that pictured it. Who's the programmer? Well, I don't know, but I'm certainly no robot that's been programmed. That's for sure. How many people do you think out of 6 billion would like to consider that? Well, I'll exempt us. I'll assume that sometime in a weak moment you might try it. But who would consider that we have been programmed, but part of the programming is is to adamantly refuse to see it, to admit it. Scratch see it, admit it. Or if you want to get really good, what's the difference? If we were programmed, had no freedom whatsoever, and part of the programming was that we would be unaware of it, how should it be phrased? That we wouldn't see it, or that we wouldn't admit it? And my question was about to be on a new quiz, what would be the difference? I'm not in the mood to go way into this. I've been holding this one for years. Do you realize that you could do almost everything that mystics claim they want to do? You could, you could understand and figure out everything, so to speak, if you would only admit everything. You don't have to see it. Just admit it. People don't know how strong that is. I would say to you that that is where the whole idea of confession in the religious sense, and not just in the Catholic pie slice, but the whole idea of people always saying confession is good for the soul. And we know what they mean. If you've done something and they say it's been bothering you, it's on your conscience to go confess. Everybody knows what humans mean by that, that it'll be good for you if it's been bothering you. I say, like everything else, there's more to it than that. Because all this stuff having to do with between relationships with humans, I say from my view, after a lifetime of doing this, I'm telling you, all of that's chicken shit. If it has to do with behavior, if it involves you and another person, you can always count on this from my view, that that is a poor reflection of something else. You know what I mean by now? Somebody saying chicken shit and poor reflection. It is a... It's just a weak signal of what is really behind that. Because I tell you what the real power of it is, is to confess to everything, admit everything. You don't have to see anything if you ever, if you can find out what I'm saying. You don't have to get the point to see to the bottom of the mind. Just admit it. You don't have to see, well, now I see why people are asleep. No, you don't have to see it, just admit it. I, I, I'm beginning to see what my shortcomings are. Save yourself a lifetime of wasted effort. You don't have to see them. Admit them. For you people on tape, I just realized this crowd here has been programmed <laughs> to react to certain comments. I just called on, don't let them hear me. That's why I'm talking softly. They've been programmed to look right at me as though they understand it. And it's obviously been programmed to just close up their ears and mind. It's devilish programming. <clears throat> Where were we? Why do you still believe that you see a distinction between in here and out there? Which was back to the quiz, if you don't recall, that you thought you were picturing two men and one man insulting one, and, you're, and I ask you to consider what might have been, what what might have happened? Did one man just maliciously make up the insult, or did the other man do something to deserve it? And you're supposed to feel as though I caught you. Because the real truth is, whatever happened, your mind caused it. There's no man A and man B. What the hell are we doing? Now look, now I'm serious. See, now, now I got you distracted. Now wait, let me go back. Now picture, just picture, you know, you can do anybody you want to. You can do it, maybe it's happening in your own life. At any anyway, rate, picture two people, man A and man B, all right? Now, picture that man A, we just come in the middle of their lives, but in the middle of a scene, and man A turns to man B and says something that's insulting. Prima facie insulting. As soon as you heard it, you know, he said something like, well, you lying, no good, son of a bitch. And man B shows that he's insulted. Can you, you see why I'm saying? you can picture that. Now, I'm asking you, you pictured it. What do you think happened? What do you picture happened? Well, you know, what's the most likely? Did man, A, just have a clear blue sky? That's what I meant by maliciously and purposely came up with insulting comments for whatever reason. Or did man B do something to deserve it that was just a natural response? That he did something that caused it? The answer is shake your programming. Your mind caused it. You're the one picturing it. Of course, I take the blame. I said, now picture this. And you went, okay. But see, when I'm not around, you do it. You're always saying, well, picture this. I said to this guy this afternoon, picture this. And you repeat it. You're like, yeah, I can picture that. Well, hell, picture this. You remember the way he treated me beforehand when I had to say, look, you'll never see me here again. Picture that. And yeah, I can picture what he did. Picture my. Well, picture how I feel about it. Let me picture right now the way I'm, I'm insulted. It was uncalled for. Yeah, I can picture that. Well, you can picture everything except you picturing that. In that case, page 19. By comparing the importance of feeling to thinking in your moment-to-moment existence, there is no comparison. Thought does not begin to compare with feeling its importance to your life. And does anyone, does anyone expect their thought to ever point this out? To make this discovery? reason that men love to read the words of others regarding how to recognize self is because no one can do it for themselves why do people go to priests why do people go to mystics, why do people go into analysis to discover themselves they go pay somebody or they go buy a book if nothing else, to read about how to know yourself, how to straighten out your own affairs, to read somebody's words because they know they can't do it But then why do people write books or why do people become analysts or priests or mystics and tell people how to do it? They tell them how to do it because they can't do it either. Except we've got six million people programmed on this planet to believe, oh, I can do it. I can't do it well enough yet to write a book. I'm thinking about it. What's the cause of you not writing the book? What would be the cause? The people would say, Well, it's a New York publishing conspiracy. But the medical profession doesn't want this out. Now the cause is your mind. You're the one thinking about it. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about I'm just mulling over what's actually occurring in life. My mind is not causing it. You know, you only got to give a given number of years here to ever realize what's going on. And you won't get it if you keep saying things like that. My mind didn't cause that. Circumstances. That's what you call not admitting it. Here's a makeup quiz for those of you that didn't like a few pages back. So makeup. If you set out to, quote, find yourself, where should you look? In here or out there? Since people don't say what they think when they say what they think, but rather what they feel, once you realize this, even if they probably don't, you're free from yet another endless entanglement. That is, as I pointed out last week sometime, when people say, I'll tell you what I think. And you know, if they'll go to that trouble to tell you, well, I'll tell you what I think on that, they're not going to tell you what they think, they're going to tell you what they feel about it. Once you realize that, what I was pointing out in this one, once you realize that and you realize that they don't, then if you can hold it, that's when untoward, unjust occurrences are quite favorable to be right in the middle of something that your programming wants you to respond to and you don't. That's almost better than a middle-class satori. That you realize that whatever someone's telling you, the words mean nothing. The more passionate, the more insulting the words, the more hurtful the words, the more unjust the words, the clearer it should be to you. I'm telling you, even if it's not clear to you, I'm telling you the truth anyway. somebody tells you, well, here's what I think, I'm going to tell you what it is. They're telling you how they feel, I'm not telling you what they think. The only exception to this, and it would be, uh, so far the ordinary wouldn't be important, would be, I guess, a deranged mathematician. A man who's prepared to whip your ass. If you can't understand the equation, he just find out. So I assume you see the, where that leaves everything else. The kind of guy who would ultimately who's ultimately going to get somewhere with all of this, is the kind of guy who would say, quote, if I want to study a really good mystical system, I'll make one up. (laughs) There's nothing so trivial, so unimportant, that it cannot be either said or put into writing. You people who are secretly working on a book can laugh now. It's all right. I guess it's more secret than you thought. All problems and unsolved mysteries that beset an investigator are homegrown. They come from his own house. I almost started a mystical system years ago on that one basis. That everyone who starts this, without any doubt, would they feel as though that they're involved in a great mystery. They have now stepped into the path that will lead them to unraveling the great mystery. But they see life as being a great ball of confusion and they see waking up, achieving enlightenment as soon as they hear about it, my kind of mystic. They see that as being the solution, the path to the solution, but that this is a great mystery. I mean, why else does no good for me to just sound as though I'm making a cheap, sarcastic attack. But why else do people do everything from spending large sums of money on books to paying gurus and joining communes to giving up their entire livelihood and going off to the other side of the world? They do that because they perceive that there is a great mystery that must be solved, and it's true. But everything a person doesn't know, everything that is confusing... Everything that you believe is the one thing that still confuses you or you don't understand. It's homegrown. There is no mystery out there. Of course, I finally realized, didn't take me long, that you know, that is not the way to, even if I had more than a couple of loaves of bread and fishes, I couldn't even stir up a couple hundred people. I wouldn't have to worry about feeding anymore. Tell people there's no great mystery out there. They go, oh, crap. We're going somewhere else. But see, even the idea of the mystery is in you to start with. You just hear it. The great mystery, the great secret work. I'm sure Winston Churchill must have stolen this from some Zenist. The great secret work is a mystery within a puzzle wrapped in an enigma. I believe is the way it went. But he said that that was post World War II Russia. (laughs) I say it's the great struggle to awaken the great secret word because that's the way it is that's the way it seems that it must be studied I must find someone I must read a book I must it's out there that's the thing that did you ever put that on my webpage that the one I kept hearing about that TV show The Truth Is Out There that science fiction thing where it was yes well anyway well you guys know it once I was familiar that that term was becoming a cliche The Truth Is Out There I asked Calvin on the somewhere in the head of our uh, page <laughs> of my my website to put together that the truth is in here no one finds that very interesting like I said it's, it takes away all the mystery mm-hmm. it takes away all the glamour and you got to find it out for yourself you can hear it over and over and over and I read it for 30 or 40 years I didn't even notice that I read it so many times Because I know there's a period there many years. That not crossed my mind in that sense. And I know I was still reading about it. But to tell somebody that everything you don't know, the whole mystery of all this is in you. There is no glamour in that. What are you going to do if you heard that the first time? If that was your entree, that wouldn't be be your introduction. And that's what you heard then I say that from whatever source you heard that, that would not be the source that you would have pursued. Fake mystics, in one sense, have a lot more fun with this than real ones do. But, since I always speak up for the justice of life, let me tell you this. You're a fake mystic until you become a real one, and so you have all those years that you enjoyed it. It's not like one or the other. At least it wasn't in my case. I didn't go from being a 17-year-old real mystic. I started off at 17 being a fake mystic and was for many, 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 many years. So you have the best and the worst of all possible, what you call them? Fruit bats, barges, yeah, barges, that's it. Barges about country songs. That's it. Play me another barge about a country song. Can you agree with that? Can you admit that? Back to the reading. For a man seeking the goal, all of life seems to be a preparation for life. Question. Is this or is this not a proper approach? Our question, is this a question that you're up to considering? It just happened fortuitously, I hadn't looked at this, but that's exactly what I was just talking about. In one real sense, I don't mean it accusatorily, yes I do, but I don't mean it to sound like it's an accusation, sure I do. Trying to awaken, trying to get to the bottom of things, trying to discover the secret in one real sense, is living your life, preparing to live life. Now since at least all of you people that I know uh, are not, at least because of circumstances, you're not complete crackpots in the mystical sense. And so you lead ordinary lives like everyone else. Eh? You, know, you eat and fuck and go to movies and listen to music and do the other normal things. And so it's not that you have abandoned life. That's why I meant by a crackpot of giving up good food and sex and music and going into a monastery. But still, even though we have that in common with the rest of the six billion, I say that somebody attempting to awaken if you can see it for yourself. And like, don't take this as an accusation. It's not like you did anything wrong. But in that sense, to the same degree, to whatever degree, to whatever percentage of your life is spent attempting to awaken, that same percentage of your life is being spent not living, but preparing to live. Trying to awaken is preparation for living. And I present a question to you. When I ask you do you consider it's proper to think if that is actually the proper way to go about it? I mean, if you just suddenly confronted that question, should a man live a large part or some percentage of his life preparing to live his life? Now, if you just heard that without all this other introductory rigmarole when you won't go well hell no you, know, you only got one life that you know of I mean what's the point how, in fact that's so funny I got back up from it and chuckled myself <laughs> preparing to live that's how I can tell how awake some of you people are all of you There's things like that go right by you that's why sometimes I stop and like I got to chuckle because sometimes I have to but see, if you start that, then you really become my kind of guy, because then you go, well, how can you be wrong? You can't. You just can't admit it. What, I'm wrong? No, you can't admit that, yeah, I see that you can't be wrong. See, that's not, that's what you can't admit. You can admit you're wrong, but when you do so, you're incorrect. I'm telling you, when you have the, as they used to call it, the big satori, the big wahuna, and your head is cleared out, it's ridiculous. All I is like, in some way, something could be wrong. Something could be incorrect. I don't know how to describe it, except it's ridiculous. See, to me, I can look at it. It just hits me. I see the entire universe. I don't have it mapped out down to every little mile and kilometer, but I can see the entire universe and the idea that in there... There's something wrong. Of course, the ordinary thinking, there's a whole bunch of things wrong. And most of it is down to this one planet out of God knows how many. But I'm way beyond that. I can just picture the entire universe, and it's so funny. It really is. I'm not just being sarcastic. It is funny. And that I did it too. My mind will do it if I were to let it. But the picture that something in there is wrong. I know, if you're not aware, about once a month nowadays, I try to pull this kind of thing on you. And there's no way to describe it. I can't say that. There's no way I can prove that there's nothing wrong. But when you see it, it's ridiculous. Where did it come from? Or, if you want to look at it another way, there are things going on in this world. As people put it, but they should say this universe. There are people going, there's things going on in this universe that I'm going to tell you what. I simply... Now, I try to stay up to date. I'm sophisticated. I am not an idiot. I'm well-read. I've got a master's degree. But I'm going to tell you what. There are things going on in this world that I simply can't agree with. Well, hush my mouth. It's staggering to look out, again, if you can do it yourself, and to look at the entire universe and realize that you just had that thought and you've had many times like, I mean, we're talking serious, that there are things going on I can't agree with. And, of course, fake mystics, that's one of the reasons they think that they're trying to awaken.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe if I can awaken, then I can help other people and you know, straighten this out. <laughs> A robot who's been programmed to read page 25. I read page
0: 25.
1: I I'm to read again, though. For a man seeking our goal, the goal, all of life seems to be a preparation for life. Parentheses, whether this is a proper approach or not is a question. I say you should consider. Of course, the real humor. But uh, I'm lying. I don't find this funny. This happens to be almost every day. So I shouldn't lie to you. I don't find it funny worth a shit. Pardon me. It's to realize that if I listen to what goes on my head, I am constantly, as I tell you, I think about the whole idea of being awake and asleep and the whole smear more than anything else. But anytime you're thinking about it, you're thinking about, even though you don't use words, you're thinking about how you'll be more awake at least just in the coming second. You're preparing to be awake. Well, I caught myself being asleep, and so I'm more and more ammunition. I'm getting stronger. Now, you're an idiot. Even if you're me. I'll be awake someday. I'll be more awake. I'll be better at it. This thing I'm tied up in right now, getting all, I was all worked up over this. Sorry, scene that I got involved with this afternoon. I keep replaying it, but I'll be over it. I'll get over it I'll work it out I'll, I'll be over it no you won't you can't be you can either do it right now you're either doing it or you're not and if you're talking about it you're not yeah but I'm talking about how I will be okay if you say so you're preparing to live but with mystics it has a hidden captiousness ness, ness, ness to it <coughs> it has a secret vicinity and you don't realize it in fact you believe well at least I caught myself at least I can't fall in like I did years ago and I can't I can't get no matter how upset I get now I can't go to sleep I can't get completely swamped by some negative daydream by some running commentary like I used to I could go for hours Maybe a day or more, something like this. I would have been upset. I would have been completely out of control internally for a day or more years ago. But at least now, I'm aware of it. It's coming and going today. I'm still arguing with the guy in my head, and I know it's ridiculous, and I'm still responding to what he said. But uh, I don't get swamped by it, but it won't last over a few seconds, and I catch it. It's a little train that could. If you're the little train that thinks you could, you're blowing smoke up your own caboose. It's not, well, as I said, uh, it's funny, except I don't find it funny when I do it to me, so. You can't be more awake than right this second. There isn't. It's not a theory. It's a joke. It's like looking at the universe, and I picture someday me being awake. Well, you can do that. Some people picture that their dead grandmother came into the bedroom last night. Or some people picture that one day the British will be able to put in good wiring in automobiles. (laughs) I was trying to come up with something. That was funny back in the 1950s. Well, it wasn't funny if you just bought a Jaguar or a Triumph and it caught on fire the first day you had it. It wasn't funny, to tell you the truth. (laughs) Page 26. One man limited... Ah, here we go. One man limited his daydreams to these two areas. Empty skies and mathematics. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I recommend... I didn't just make that up. Try it. Rather than, well, I will suppress thoughts or I'll straighten them out I'll bring them uncontrolled daydreams that is try that rather than try to deal with them in any way of suppressing them or just try let them go but at least you can select the areas empty skies or mathematics most people will put you in an uncontrollable rage in a short period of time Maybe you should wait until you're away from me, I don't you get mad at me. This is no fun. It disturbs me, it makes me dizzy. I always like that. I used to tell every now and then years ago when I would talk to people on a more loose basis when I was out making public speakers speeches and would hang around and drink coffee and talk to people I'd never seen before. And I would offer something like that to somebody. And while standing there, and they'd been real nice how much they enjoyed it and appreciated me staying around, we'd talk for a while and I would listen to them and answer their question. And then maybe I'd t- take them aside and tell them something like, Well, hey, try this. Maybe somebody say they've been trying to meditate and that they can't calm the mind or whatever method they've been using. I say, Well, try this. Rather than actually trying to bring your mind under some control, rather than you know sitting down meditating, I'm not saying abandon it, but rather than that, say tomorrow, say for a couple of days, try this. Just decide beforehand, I'm going to route my thinking into one, to a couple of areas. I could just use this one. That I will only daydream of empty skies, cloudless empty skies, or mathematical formulas. And usually the kind of people, the way justice works, that would come to hear a lecture like that. They would, you know, stroke their chin and go, hmm. It looked like they'd been hit with an enigmatic flounder. And they'd take their coffee maybe and thank me, and they'd wander off, or wander around the room. And sometimes I could see them, and I could see them begin to get more and more agitated. And I've had people come back to me within five or ten minutes, steamed. <coughs> you know, they were just real nice, and shook my hand, told me how much they enjoyed talking to me. And they would go off, and I could see them. I could see them wandering around the room, Fairfield. I could see them going, looking up and trying it and coming back, and they were mad already. They were upset because they had walked off and tried it. Now, the good old days. Mm. I can remember why it could make me mad like that. Is that progress? Can you remember, could you make you mad? You sorry sleeping slab of. Can you get that kind of rise out of yourself nowadays? See, if you didn't watch it, you could say, you know I can't. I bet I'm making progress.
0: <laughs>
1: We've been through this. <laughs> Don't let me point out the obvious. Well, we got through. Uh, this was sort of leading up to something else. But I guess I'll save it for the next time since just about used up an hour's tape. Since I don't do a lot of this anymore or any of it really now some of you you should be taking it on your own. You should know how to do this. You should take a good night like tonight and go home maybe drive home as quickly as you can don't turn the radio and don't talk to each other and drive home and immediately write a good lengthy essay and recollection of exactly everything I said and what you thought about it and what you got out of it smooth the paper out real nice and file it away it's very important well it could be
0: <laughs>
1: you know when you really got it you don't have to be in a Zen story now I got put in words and ruined it but it's when a person finally let's say somebody listening to somebody else like you coming here listening to me and it finally, but it'd have to be every molecule in your body, from top to bottom, would finally have to hit you. I'm talking it's got to be all over. There can't be any spots of exemption that it finally hits you. I don't get any of this. You'd be awake. Unless you said it. You know, even to yourself. But it would have to be that it finally hits you. I don't get it. It's not that I just didn't get tonight. It's not that I didn't just get part of what he said. I don't get it. <laughs> what was I trying to ask you, begging you? If you hadn't called on, I've been begging you, people, is to ask yourself. If you can do it without words, but to ask yourself, what is this? What is this whole thing about wanting to awaken? What is this? I don't get it. See, that's not true, though. Everybody gets a little bit. It's why you're still asleep. As long as you get any part of it. You can't get free of it because you think well i got i understand some of it in fact for all i know you might say to yourself for all i know i may understand a lot of it well in fact i've told you guys i i shouldn't do things like this to you i've told you that you know just any of you sitting here in the room at night would probably understand more about what's going on all this the 99% or more of all the full-time mystics with turbans and shit painted on their heads and magic wands in monasteries, which I shouldn't do. But I've already done it before. I could say that. And so what? Because you could say, well, all right, I know what you mean because just in my private moments, I feel as though, without any doubt, I don't feel as though it's egoism and I'm not Deceiving myself, but there is no doubt I can pick up any sort of Sufi book, Zen book, or I can listen to you talk, and I get almost all of it. And I can go by myself and think about every aspect about man's condition, my condition, the conditions I've been in, those extraordinary states before, and I, and I can think about the kinds of things that stand between me and being free from this kind of internal programming. And there's no doubt I can just feel it. I understand. I'm just guessing, but I bet you I understand down there, you know, right, the high 90. I understand almost everything, but there's some part that I still don't get. See, that's the problem. And if you don't get past that, I can tell you, you'll die feeling like there's still one part I don't get. Pushed to back you up where I was, when I threatened to quit. If you could reach the point that it hit you, I don't get any of it. See, because if you get a small piece of it, you're in prison. You're a prison of enlightenment. You're a prisoner of enlightenment. There's one old guy used to call it, you have, you now have the enlightenment sickness. You go, yeah, but I'll get over it because I understand part of it. <laughs> I give the old man credit whoever it was. I assume he understood what he was saying because what he should have said after that, or at least to himself, was, no, you won't as long as you don't see through what you just said that well no I don't get it all but now hey I've been in that state I have had my own big moments of Satori and I've read many books after that I have been working to perfect my own enlightenment I may not be it may not be fully perfected I may not be permanently and totally enlightened but I just about have it down or you're just about tied and chained and bound (coughs) Because as long as you, you don't have to worry about understanding 95% of it. If you understand 5% of it, if you understand 1% of it, you're dead. No, you're not dead. You're just confused. You're a dog tied up in the yard. If it finally strikes you that you don't get any of this. If that can happen to you, that I do not, there's not one bit of this I understand. I, in some way, my programming has fooled me for all these years that I knew that I understood mostly what was going on. That's a joke. <laughs> now I got to start telling you when I mean it, right? That I actually find it funny or not. Uh... Right, that's To me, that's the kind that some days is funny and some is not. That's a <laughs> the that, 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 one that has multiple rewards or multiple possibilities. Some days it's funny. Some days it's not funny. It's always true. I always know it's true. It's just some days I don't like it as well as I don't like other days. But guess which days that is. That's the days you think, well, see, Almost had you. Well, let's all meet again next time. What we should do is check with each other on the phone or the email or some shit. Is like find a night when none of us get any of it. It's tricky, but I guess we could call around every night. You could call. Like, there's really a night that it strikes you. I don't get any of it. I'm staying here, and I drew a blank. I've read 10,000 books I've listened to 10,000 lectures and I've thought about it for 10,000 lifetimes and I knew all kinds of stuff and it just suddenly struck me I'm standing here it was like and I hadn't used it in a long time several years but you remember I used to call them mini strokes
0: mm-hmm.
1: now you stand and you think I don't understand any of this I don't have the least idea what this is about with ordinary people that kind of thing is frightening Supposedly, that kind of thing that is a mini-stroke. It's been well-documented. People describe it. It just happened to them. They, they get, start to go somewhere, get their chair, and there they stand, and they don't know who, where they realize they're in the house or something, but they don't know why they got up, where they're going. It's kind of that feeling. But under ordinary conditions, I... But how scared the hell out of you. I say that. who knows but if you're still conscious and you suddenly it's like you've lost all memory and you're still conscious what I'm talking about is almost like that but my kind of people of course you don't get frightened to death it's exhilarating that's the days that you find it funny on the days that you still know it (laughs) and you can't quite deal with it it's not so funny but hey, that's just your programming. Don't blame me. Right, the manufacturer. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com, where you can search through 3,000
0: talks for topics of interest, or just. Leave-